Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Miles and welcome back to my channel. Today's video is going to be yet another solved true crime case of my Curious Case series. As you can already tell, today's video is a bit shorter than my usual video, though I thought it was important to still take a look at this case, regardless of the complexities. This case is also a Welsh case and was requested by one of you guys. If you have any case requests that you want to send my way, then feel free to go to requestacase.com and send in your submissions there, or you can use the official subreddit. You can find links to all those websites in my description. And with all that being said, let's delve right into this case. Saturday the 7th of April 2018 was a day that would change the lives of the Potter family for years to come. That morning, 64-year-old Derek Potter went downstairs to his kitchen to make his wife of 26 years, 66-year-old Leslie Potter, a cup of tea. He brought the cup of tea up to her and told her that he was just going to nip out for a little bit to go collect some money, um, which was payment that a client owed him from a roofing job. Though, when Derek arrived back home at around 10.30 a.m., he was confronted with a scene of horror. In one of the back bedrooms of the house that he shared with his wife, he found Leslie hanging from the ceiling, naked. In a desperate attempt to save his wife, he cut her down from the ceiling, but unfortunately it was too late. He realized that she had sadly passed away. At 11.22 a.m. that morning, Derek placed a call to his daughter, the daughter of Derek and Leslie, uh, informing her that her mother's body had been found. Two minutes later, at 11.24 a.m., Derek's daughter phones 999, the emergency services, with Derek phoning the emergency services shortly afterwards. The paramedics and police arrived at the house to find Leslie's body lying naked on a cabinet in the bedroom, with a noose around her neck and a length of rope hanging from a beam. Derek told them of how he had cut her down in a desperate attempt to save her life. After questioning Derek, as is routine, the police were satisfied that there wasn't any cause for suspicion and that it was a straightforward case of a suicide. Leslie's body was moved to the local morgue to await funeral proceedings. It seemed to the police and Leslie's family that unfortunately that morning, Leslie had waited for Derek to leave the house before taking her own life. Leslie's family started to make the necessary funeral arrangements and began to grieve the loss of their loved one. That was until one week before the funeral when a Russian woman would come to the police with information that would turn this heartbreaking and tragic suicide case into a murder investigation. Leslie Potter was born in 1952, and I believe with the surname of Bertels or Roberts. I actually spent quite a number of hours trying to go through Ancestry and trying to find any more information about Leslie, but unfortunately I was largely unsuccessful in finding out too much about even what day she was born or where she was born or her early childhood or anything like that, there, there wasn't enough information available. What we do know is that she married for the first time in the 70s, adopting the name Leslie Bull while living in Oxford, Oxfordshire, England. During her first marriage, she actually had two children, 
Adrian Bull and Victoria Bull. At some point, Leslie's first marriage broke down and they subsequently divorced. Though it wouldn't be until October of 1992 that Leslie would marry Derek Ian Potter and therefore becoming Leslie Potter and together they had one child who they named Nicole Alexandra Potter. Derek Ian Potter was born on the 18th of July 1954 in Oxford. As with Leslie, Derek's marriage to Leslie wasn't his first, it was actually I believe his third, though some sources claim it was actually his fourth. He'd gotten married previously for the first time in 1978 and then for a second time in 1987. I was also unable to find all too much about Derek's past um, and his history. Uh, just like I was unable to find all too much about Leslie. What we do know, however, is that Derek and Leslie moved to the area of Mumbles in Swansea, Wales, where they opened up a cafe in the local village. Though this cafe, unfortunately, eventually went bust and the couple had to turn to other jobs as a stream of income. Derek became a carpenter and Leslie, I believe, became a market research analyst. As Leslie grew older, she began to suffer from severe arthritis and gout, though she would never let her conditions get to her or get her down. She was very strong-willed and was determined to not let her conditions affect her life. Leslie had always been loving and very caring to all three of her children, Nicole, Adrian and Victoria and on all accounts she was also a wonderful grandmother to her five grandchildren. In fact she was actually expecting another grandchild. She was described as her family as oftentimes enjoying a drink and playing cards with her friends at the local pubs. Leslie was very active and always walked to the shops bringing a smile to the face of everyone she came across. Her unexpected apparent suicide because of this was a massive shock to the community and to her family. Leslie had displayed no signs that were indicative of somebody wanting to take their life in the lead up to her suicide. There was nothing to indicate anything was the matter, though sometimes there isn't any signs and people are very good at hiding it. It also came as just a shock when a Russian woman came to the police that would change the course of the investigation. The Russian woman was 31-year-old Natalia Mikhailova. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so excuse me for that. And she wasn't a stranger to the Potter family. She was actually the best friend of Derek and Leslie's daughter, Nicole. Natalia moved to Wales from Russia when she was 16, and she never had trouble making friends with anyone she came across. Nicole and Natalia had first met each other in a bar in 2015, three years prior to this case, and according to some sources, they clicked straight away. They bonded over their shared love of partying and often went out with one another. After one of those nights out, while recovering over a cup of tea at Nicole's house, Natalia first met Derek. Although, according to one source, this first meeting was um, not the best, Derek apparently walked past Natalia, not really acknowledging her and just going straight back out the door. And this meant that Natalia believed that Derek didn't like her. Though, as they bumped into each other more and more at Nicole's, they quickly became friends. Natalia also met Leslie on a few occasions, describing her as being a lovely woman. Natalia quickly became a close friend of the Potter family, though when Nicole got pregnant, their partying days were obviously over, so they didn't hang out as much as they used to. Nicole had been four months pregnant when her mother Leslie had been found dead, and 
Upon hearing this, Natalia rushed to provide any kind of support that she could, like any best friend would. Natalia actually worked as a care worker and a cleaner, but she said that she'd do absolutely anything uh, to help the family. As it turns out, Derek actually had a roofing job that he was under contract to finish, and so Nicole asked Natalia if she could help her dad finish that job. According to one source, Natalia actually had past experience with roofing, so she was she happily accepted without expecting any kind of payments. Subsequently, on April 25th, Natalia met up with Derek at the location of the roofing job and worked through the hot day to get the job done. When the pair finished at 7pm that evening, Derek insisted on buying Natalia a drink as a way of saying thank you, and so the two drove separately in their own cars to the pub. Derek had arrived at the pub before Natalia and had already bought the first round of drinks. The pair made small talk over the beers, and Natalia asked Derek how he was holding up. They hadn't even finished their first pint when Derek told Natalia that he had something to tell her. He said, I love my wife very much, but she was doing my head in, so I strangled her. At first, Natalia thought that he was joking and was shocked that he would even say something like that. But Natalia noticed that he said it with a straight face, no tears in his eyes, no laughter. And that was when she knew that he'd done it. Derek then told her not to tell his daughter, her best friend. Though he said that even if she did tell Nicole, he wouldn't care. Natalia, suddenly and understandably terrified of the man that sat before her, promised that she wouldn't tell anyone and that she'd keep it a secret. Derek was seemingly happy with this response and proceeded to ask Natalia to move in with him. He said that she didn't have to have sex with him, he just really liked her. Natalia responded by saying that he was mad and subsequently changed the topic of conversation by telling him that she'd injured her foot in her self-defense class. A clever move to let Derek know that she was trained in self-defense. Derek then asked to see the foot injury and so Natalia removed her shoe and sock and Derek began to massage her foot. Afterwards, Derek invited Natalia to come back to her house so they could drink more and smoke some marijuana though Natalia declined. Natalia claims to have never touched the drug previously, but would later tell the courts that Derek had been smoking weed earlier that day as they worked on the roof. During their conversation in the pub, Derek told her that before he strangled her, her last words were that she had a crush on a boy from school from years and years ago. The pair left the pub about half an hour after they arrived at 7.30pm, both going their separate ways. Derek had given Natalia his coat, as I believe it was cold out or it was rainy or something like that, um, and Natalia returned the coat the next day when they both tried up to continue the roofing job. Two days after that conversation had taken place, Leslie's body was moved from the morgue to the chapel to await um, cremation, and the funeral was due to take place the following week. That same day, Natalia went to the police and reported the conversation that she had had with Derek two days prior. Leslie's body was immediately brought back to Morriston Hospital, which is the local hospital, to undergo a detailed post-mortem examination that was set to take place the next day. On the 30th of April 2018, the pathologist reports came back that concluded manual strangulation had played a part in her death. Derek Potter was arrested that same day. As soon as Derek was arrested, he began to spin a web of lies to try and cover his back. He told the detectives on the way to the police station that she had wanted to go and he had only helped her. He then proceeded to tell more and more lies 
during the police investigation and in court. He claims that when he returned home that Saturday morning and found his wife hanging, he tried to free the rope from around her neck and desperately tried to lift her body to take the pressure off her neck before cutting her down. This contradicted what he had told police on the way to the police station that he'd helped her. With each and every account of what had happened that day, his story changed and shifted. He even spun a tale of how Derek and Leslie had a three-way sexual relationship with a lodger of theirs who he called Paul. They played sadomasochistic sexual games and one of those games included strangulation and asphyxiation. Derek would tell the courts of how he had strangled his wife some 15 times, primarily during sexual intercourse. Though he also told the courts that he had strangled his wife uh, on a few occasions just out of temper. Derek's temper was actually well documented with a former colleague uh, describing how he was a hard-working tradesman with a bit of a temper. This same former colleague recounts two occasions where Derek had lost his temper and started throwing tools around, which resulted in him having to be taken aside and being spoken to. According to a friend of Derek, it was only when he had drink inside of him that he became easily angered violent and confrontational. This same friend claims that Derek had given up alcohol years and years ago, though he suspects that Derek might have picked up the drink again. In fact, there had actually been an event six years prior to Leslie's murder where Derek was drunk and he had throttled his wife and that shocked him so much that he decided to give up drinking. Bear in mind that Leslie at that point was suffering from arthritis, so these violent outbursts, I can only imagine, worsened her conditions. Derek further told the court of how Leslie's arthritis had gotten so bad that she'd been unable to open a pickle jar on her own, and because of that, she wanted to take her own life. However, CCTV footage emerged from a local supermarket of Leslie shopping with ease, a day or two before she was murdered. Derek even claims that he had healing powers in his hands. I couldn't find any more on that besides that being referenced in a few sources, but healing powers in his hands. You'd think the fanticle lies would stop here, but he only went further to discredit and insult Leslie's memory. Derek claims that his wife had addiction issues with over-the-counter medications, and that on one uh, occasion, she had actually been refused over-the-counter medications. Though when the staff at the uh, Boots, which is the chemist, uh, where he claimed this happened, uh, were interviewed, they said that that definitely didn't happen and they even had CCTV and receipts to back up their, their, their claims. The lies sadly get worse and worse. On another occasion, he accused Leslie of being heartbroken at the death of their lodger who, as we discussed earlier, they allegedly had a kinky sexual relationship with. Derek told the jury of how it was clear that Leslie loved the lodger far more than she ever loved him. His lies and accounts constantly contradicted one another, claiming her to be depressed and wanting to take her own life. And then in another instance, it, she had died due to a kinky sex game gone wrong. He even tried to point the blame at his son-in-law, Nicole's husband. Um, he tried to point the blame at Natalia and even drug dealers. The post-mortem report was revealed to the jury, describing how Leslie had multiple bruises and grazes and some 30 rib fractures. Derek tried to explain this away by claiming that Leslie had hit the coffee table while trying to kick the cat out or 
that she took a tumble on the steps outside their home or that she had sustained these injuries when he fell on top of her after he had cut her down. The prosecutors asked Eric why he didn't use a stepladder which was found by the emergency services in the room where Leslie had died and he claimed that the stepladder was too fiddly and too difficult to set up to be able to use. Derek also claims that he'd been stuck in traffic for 20 minutes when he had left to go collect that money that Saturday morning, though when the police checked the CCTV, they found that the traffic in Mumbles was regular flow. It, there was no traffic, more or less. It was just the regular couple cars coming down the main road. As you can imagine, the jury bought none of Derek's, quite frankly, bullshit. His desperate attempts to shift the blame, to paint Leslie as a horrible monster who wanted to do this and she was into all, all of these things and she was the worst kind of person, discrediting her name, insulting her memory and trying to manipulate the courts so that he would go unpunished. The jury saw through all of this. Subsequently, the court found Derek Ian Potter guilty of murder. Subsequently, Derek Ian Potter was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum sentence of 17 years for the murder of his wife, Leslie Potter. He will be over 80 years old before he will be eligible for parole. We can only hope that Leslie's family found justice in this sentencing and that they can find peace and move on and begin the long grieving process. This statement is read on behalf of the family of Leslie Potter. We are very pleased with the guilty verdict, confirming that Derek Potter was responsible for the death of our mother, Leslie. We want to thank the members of the jury for listening to the evidence they heard during the course of the trial and for disregarding the stories that Derek Potter made up in an attempt to cover up his actions. Not only have we had to come to terms with the fact that he so cruelly killed our mother, but we have had to listen to him tarnishing her name throughout the investigation and the court case. Our mum was very loving and caring, caring to Adrian, Victoria and Nicole, and a wonderful grandmother to her five beautiful grandchildren. Sadly, she was not here to see the birth of her sixth grandchild in September, as her life had been violently taken away from her. But we know she would have adored the new baby as much as she did the other children. Our mum had suffered with gout and arthritis for a very long time, but this did not allow her to stop this living her life. She was strong-willed and determined not to let these conditions affect her. She enjoyed to drink and liked to socialise. She enjoyed playing cards with a small group of friends in the local pubs in Mumbles. She would walk regularly to the shops and stop and chat with people. She was known by many in the village and will be sorely missed. We would like to publicly thank Natalia for coming forward and reporting her concerns to the police. We would also like to thank our family liaison officers and the whole investigation team from South Wales Police, along with Ms Elwyn Evans QC and the prosecution team. We have not yet been able to properly grieve for the cruel, violent and untimely death of our mother. Hopefully, with a guilty verdict and today's sentence, we will now be able to do so. And we respectfully ask as a family that we allow to do so in peace. And that's everything that I have for you in today's case. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my Curious Case series. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel if you found this video interesting and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that I post a brand new true crime video. Also, don't forget to follow me over on Twitter and Instagram where I post behind the scenes and updates about what's going on on this channel. 
And with all that being said, I'll see you in the next case.